Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all basketball, baseball, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, news, and info for everything into the NBA playoffs this year. Bet Online is your sports information headquarters for every season. So if you love sports info, score, news, and podcasts, you can find everything at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Where you go, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. I am Taylor Davis. He is Jason Campbell. You may have heard of him once or twice. We are back, ready to break down everything Auburn for you. We hope everyone had a fantastic Easter weekend. He is risen, and uh, it was a beautiful weekend. Hopefully, everyone got to enjoy some time with family and really appreciate what that weekend represents. Jay and I certainly feel that way. Um, It was also spring game weekend, and we are going to talk about all of that. It was also master's weekend, and I got to get Jay's take on that because he spent his weekend in Auburn. And while Auburn is beautiful and you can never complain about it, boy, y'all got some crappy weather, and there is no way around that. Welcome in, Jason Campbell, everybody. Thank you for listening, Jay. How was it, man? It looked cold. It looked rainy. It 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 really it wasn't the typical spring game. <laughs> yeah, this whole weekend, uh, for the most part, except for Sunday. Sunday was beautiful. Sunday was nice, but Friday and Saturday <laughs> was like a monsoon. You know, it, was. it rained and rained. And this was supposed to have been a game that Coach Freeze wanted to come out and throw the ball a ton, uh, let the guys kind of see like you know what the what what can they see in their quarterbacks as far as like progress, yeah. like progressions. Can you get the ball to where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there? Can you you know make sure that we're getting to the right chicks and right situations? And you wasn't able to do that, so yeah. the quarterback battle is kind of still on hold. Uh, mm-hmm. It's still uh, an ongoing ongoing situation and but the positive is we found that our offensive line can play we found out these five guys that lined up together not even the first five even the second five came Mm -hmm. in moved around a pretty good front and justin rogers and jason jones and and emba and marcus harris and mosaic kite a d-liner i think is going to be a really good d-line this year in the sec because we have a lot of big bodies and yeah and everything but the most exciting part i would probably say of, of the whole spring was Man, seeing that offensive line look like an SEC offensive line. We haven't seen it in the last four to five years. And I tell you, if you're a quarterback, if you're a receiver, running back, you got to be, like, smiling from ear to ear. Totally. uh, Run behind this offensive line. Yeah, they really did kind of have their way. That was uh, a good synopsis of the day. And we're going to break out some specifics for you. What about the Masters? Did you get a chance to to watch any of that? No, the Masters is always kind of a go-to. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to go twice, uh, actually be there. It is a scene that everybody has got to go and see. Like, you know, the scenery on TV doesn't do it justice. You know, yeah. in person, it is, it is, it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, well, you think about John Rahm winning the the overall thing. They played exceptional well with a lot of focus and a lot of grit. You know, that's the one thing about golf. You got to stay completely locked in. 
for a for four days. People think it's a, it's not like a day where you just go out and play with your friends and you're trying to beat them in eighteen holes. You got to stay locked in for four days in a right. row. Make the cut by Saturday. You know, yeah. so it's a lot that goes into it. But seeing those trees fall was like crazy bizarre uh i was just like wow you know good thing you're here to crack and and everybody was able to start away because that could have been disastrous so you know but overall though great weekend even though it rained on a day we saw some really good running backs we saw um, a lot of positives and then on masters it finished with a strong finish and you know easter was awesome and yeah can't complain yeah, can't, can't complain. But we're all here to hear about A Day, right? We got to talk about what little bit we could take from the downpour on Saturday. Like you mentioned, Jay, Hugh Freeze acknowledged in his pregame interview that his intention was to get in there and let them air it out and, and kind of see what they were working with in the passing game. And obviously with the weather, that could not happen. I will say uh, something that was interesting that came out this week, you know, Robbie was interviewed after and and asked about kind of where he is versus last year. And and he mentioned the coaching and, and he said, I don't, I don't want it to sound bad, but I feel like last year I was just playing on, on raw ability. I, I didn't really feel like it was, you know, necessarily the same kind of teaching tools that we are getting this year. Robbie obviously went out there first on Saturday, uh, all three of the guys. I think the only thing that Hugh Freeze kind of alluded disappointment in, because I think the only thing, again, like you said at the beginning, that could really be taken away from a quarterback situation, it's just kind of decision-making, a, a little bit of decision-making. Are they going to run it majority of the time? Yes. But Hugh Freeze did happen to be miked when TJ Finley threw into triple coverage instead of hitting the check down on the outside. And Hugh was like, why, why do you throw into triple coverage? Like that, that should not even be like something we're working on at this point. So that was the only thing that I think showed a little bit of frustration in terms of that. But we got to start with the quarterback because that is going to be the narrative of this team moving forward until season. If you Google Auburn football right now, so many of the headlines that come up are people saying Auburn's quarterback is not currently on the roster. People really feel like this team doesn't have their guy. And whether or not Robbie, TJ, and or Holden change that narrative before August is up to them. And whether or not this staff dips into the portal to find that guy it is up to the coaches. So give me a little bit of, of what you took from Saturday, what little bit there was, and maybe what, what you would be doing if, if you were Robbie, TJ, or Holden, given, you know, the narrative that's out there right now. Well, all those are fair points, Taylor, and you've really done your homework and your research. I'll say this. Yes, the transfer portal has moved up. It's now April 15th to April 30th. So mm -hmm. things are going to change here really quickly in the next five days. So there's guys that are on this roster right now that have to make decisions over the next five days if they need to stay here. You know, are they going to have an opportunity to grow here or are they going to come to a mutual decision between them and the coaching staff to move on? Right. Um, the other aspect of it is when it comes to quarterbacking, you know, you always have to anticipate noise. Like it doesn't just go away. Even if you're a starter, you're still going to hear noise. So if you're going to play this position, especially in the SEC, you got to have thick skin. You got to have your mindset locked on. 
what's in front of you, not what's going on all around you. And if they understand anything about college sports, how did Robbie Ashford get here? Transfer portal. How did TJ Finley get here? Transfer portal. Holden Gurner got here through high school relationship where he was signed with the, with the old regime. So everything is new to Coach Freeze. Coach Freeze is not tied to either one of these guys. Mm-mm. And so if you're one of these guys, you need to be trying to figure out a way to show him that I can be the guy. And like I say, Robbie did what he does normally. Like they had some design runs for him. He was able to run and scramble. He had the one completion on the scene ball for 39 yards. And like I said, TJ threw it in double coverage, I mean, triple coverage triple. one time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, holding it really get you in store to life through a nice flat ball one time. So there wasn't anything to grade from a passing concept. Now, right. from a, just getting the ball, like, would it be in the first spring game and would it be in raining? We didn't see fumbles, which was really good. That's so true. You know, we didn't see a lot of false starts, which was really good. And those two things, because what happens if we get into a rainy game in the fall? You know, a great point. We can go back to the spring and say, hey, we've been here, so we know that we can run the ball. We know that we can play solid defense, and our guys didn't have problems handling the ball in the weather. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it it rained, not rain, it rained. So <laughs> you know, I thought those were all positive. Now, with the portal coming up, is there a chance that Auburn goes and get a quarterback? I think you should in two reasons. One is you need to add depth at the position. Yeah. That's uh, number two is if if you are a TJ family, if you don't feel like you're going to be the guy, do you stick around? I was going to ask you that. These next five days, uh, Robbie really doesn't have a choice. You know, he has to graduate first. Uh, Holden really don't have a choice right now. You know, so those two guys are going to be here. TJ is the big question mark. And then after that, if there's a guy that they can really run the RPO system, because that's all we heard about all spring is how mm-hmm. the quarterbacks hadn't been able to pick up on the RPO system as quickly. Right. Go out and find a guy that's experienced veteran, that's a starter, but not just a starter, but someone that the guys in the locker room will be like, oh, yeah, I know that cat there. He can play. Mm-hmm. You know, then it's kind of like instant leadership type stuff. Um, so all these questions are out there and all of them are reasonable questions. And not only that position, you probably add one more offensive lineman. You'll probably add one more receiver. You may try to add one more edge rusher. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I feel like we saw next to nothing and certainly nothing that we didn't already know. Robbie can run TJ sometimes makes bonehead decisions. Holden is young and we don't know anything about him that honestly, all of those remain true in this game. If I'm being candid, Jay, I'm I'm surprised if TJ Finley stays. I, I just I don't see that this is going to be his offense. I don't think this is going to be his system, especially if they dip into the portal, add another one to the situation. I'm not saying that this guy doesn't have some chops. So I, I think that if the writing is on the wall for him again, I I will be surprised if if he stays past spring. Well, you make a great point. You remember Jeremy Johnson? Yeah. Remember, Jeremy Johnson came in after Nick Marshall was in Gus' offense. Yep. Gus' offense was tailored towards a running quarterback. quarterback. Cam Newton, Nick Marshall. It was tailored for those type of guys. You look at this offense, it's tailored for a running and throwing quarterback. Right. So you got to be able to do both at a high level, and that way you will have great results. I think TJ, from a passing perspective – he may be able to do some things, but I think from a running perspective, he's hindered in the offense because 
it's so much RPO game where it causes the defensive end crashes. You got to get the ball outside and keep it on the run. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of that requires in this offense. And I don't know if he fits that that type of skill. Mm-hmm. And he may need to go somewhere where he's in a pro style offense, you know, where he's a straight drop back type of offense. It's quick game, get the ball out your hands. You know, it's not a lot of holding the ball for a long time. Um, so he may have to think in that parameter. Mm-hmm. Um other two guys, I think, can fit the offense fine. I think you still, like I said, we need Hank Brown is coming in in the, in the, in the summer. Mm-hmm. So he's another young guy that's going to add another depth to that spot. So now that's four quarterbacks right there. And if you add a transfer guy, that's five if TJ stays. Right. So, you know, he may need to really think this thing out because think about it, coming into the season, everybody said he was transferring when he graduated. I thought he was. And then all of a sudden it came out that he wasn't. So <laughs> – they were like, oh, I thought TJ was transferring. And now he was competing. And at one point during the spring, he was actually the guy. This has been a real roller coaster. But I will say this. It means the coaches are exemplifying and giving out these kids every opportunity to win the job. So whoever wins the job, it's not going to be that you lack opportunities. It's just right. that you just didn't win it. So true. You know, it was a bummer specifically for Holden Gurner, which they specified on the broadcast that his last name is pronounced like Turner with a G. And I have been saying Gariner and I apologize. So it's Gurner. What we have heard such high praise about is his passing ability and his accuracy and his arm strength. That is why he was throwing on pro day. That was also the very thing that Brian Harson sung praises about last year about him. And so for spring game in particular, I was just curious to see this ar- this guy's arm ability. And so the fact that we didn't get a chance to see that because of the weather, I, I think still allows this quarterback battle to be in the exact same situation it was in before spring. But look, maybe we don't know a ton about our quarterbacks, but what we do know a lot about is our running game because, man, all of those backs really impressed. I got so fired up and – you had said, I guess last week, maybe the week before, like our running back room is gonna be stacked. Like we're sitting here talking about Jarquez and Damari Alston versus Brian Batty. Well, hello, let's talk about Sean Jackson, who put up 77 yards on the day, and Justin Jones with 50 yards. Five guys who got in the game and literally against A stout defensive line, as you have said, they made their presence known. They were shifty. They were smart. Sean Jackson is a brick house. I mean, I was was so impressed with this running back room. And like we said last week, Jeremiah Cobb is not even there yet. I mean, if you need proof of Cadillac's influence, look at that running back room. No doubt. And the running back room is continuing to grow. Uh, This weekend, Taylor, I you know, I know you wasn't here, but when I tell you, like, I haven't seen this many four-star, five-star recruits at a spring game in nice. years. Like, it was completely packed out. So they had some guys on campus this this weekend, and Auburn is on the right track when it comes to recruiting. We're not going to be second to any when it comes to that department and getting guys on campus now that Freeze has been here. Yeah. Like, he knows what he's doing in that department. Uh, when you talk about the running back room, though, yes, Jarquez – didn't really play much, which we expected. He's yeah. already proven. Uh, there's no need to throw him out there, especially in those wet conditions. But Brian Batie looked really good. Showed a lot of his quickness. You know, a guy that we can utilize out of the backfield in the screen game. He's really a track star type athlete who was an All-American kick returner. 
But to get this guy in the screen games and open field with safeties and linebackers is going to be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, when you talk about Damari Austin, man, great kid, great character, on the field and off the field. Like awesome. his teammates just rave about him. Coaching staff rave about him. You know, he's a guy that got a little bit of experience last year, but he's going to be a guy that can give they can give uh, Jarquez a little bit of a breather when he comes in the game. He's another guy that can hit the hole quickly. He can he can get positive yards. Sean Jackson, wow, you know, a guy that earned a scholarship last year. Um, didn't play a lot last year, but earned a scholarship on his way uh, through training camp. And now you look at this guy, oh, man, he was like a bowling ball. Like, <laughs> you know, like we have guys that can hit on our defense, and he was falling forward. Running through them, yeah. Like, so he's a guy that in short yardage situation, I know Jarquez can handle that load, but just in case you want to not get him beat up for the the, the – during the duration of the season, mm -hmm. Jackson, you can put in some short yardage situation and say, hey, go get us two to three yards. We need it. So, so, you know, this room is loaded. You know, even Jones, the other kid, he had a really good run, 35. He did a great mm -hmm. job running as well. So I'm excited about this room Same. because these guys seem like they feed off each other. It's like one comes out, the other one goes in. It's like I'm trying to prove a point because yes. reps are limited. <laughs> And, and the room is stacked. And so any opportunity you get to go out there, you have a hell of a lot to prove so that you don't get lost in the shuffle. I, I mean, but it is a good problem to have because the the return to RBU is welcome to me. I, I mean, running back you is something that literally bodes so well in the, the current landscape of the SEC that if we can have such a stacked running back room behind an offensive line that, like you said, really kind of evoked their will, I I really felt such a sense of relief in terms of, of the run game and the offensive line. You mentioned the recruiting, you know, obviously Hugh Freeze has done, and I thought it was interesting that he said, uh, Phil Montgomery is going to be calling his plays. He he said on the broadcast that he just needs to be the CEO of this thing and, and he can really focus on recruiting and the meetings and wearing all the hats and Phil handles the play calling. At least that's their intention to start. Now he did say, you know, when you've got a working relationship like this, if I see something, I'm going to jump in and say, no, nah, we're doing this. So like he very much can have his hand in it, but Already at this point, he's saying, I have bigger fish to fry, like setting this thing up for the future. So I am going to hand over play calling duties to my offensive coordinator, who I trust at this point. So I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, potentially going to get another edge guy in the portal. But but give me a little bit of what you saw defensively and also anything you heard coaching staff wise or, or just kind of their take on where the defense stands at this point. Yeah, that's a good point, Taylor. You just said because Coach Phillip Montgomery, he's a former head coach at Tussle. Mm -hmm. uh, there for eight seasons. And now he comes over to Auburn's offensive coordinator. So head coaches kind of think alike in certain situations. So I think that's why Freeze felt comfortable going and getting him and putting him as the offensive coordinator because he doesn't have to be in a room on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. getting done because he knows what needs to get done. Uh, I think when you talk about the defensive side of the ball, Coach Roberts, uh, you know, his side of the ball – your fault, you know, being at that jack linebacker position, mm -hmm. a big, big kid. And I think he's going to be outstanding for Auburn. Like, uh, he's another one of those high character kids. And the one thing about him, his size is there. And, you know, people got to give him a little bit of time, you know, to grow into his space, to grow into he's still a true freshman and just signed in January. Wow. So, I think the best thing for Kedrick, though, is Elijah McAllister. 
the yeah. transfer guy we got from from Vanderbilt playing the same position. You know, it's going to be a senior and someone that can kind of help Keldrick because he's played in the SEC and he can kind of, you know, help to him along because both of those guys talk constantly uh, for sure that I know of. And when you talk about, you know, Wesley Steiner, who's fought his way into a starting position so far, Austin Keys coming in at that linebacker position, playing the Mike linebacker for us that came over from Ole Miss, it's going to be solid. And Cam Riley at the other at the other uh, position, uh, Sam, not – not the inside of the Sam linebacker position. He's going to be a guy as well that can do some really good things for us. So this defense is up front. I think we're really, really good. I think mm-hmm. Marcus Harris is a name to pay attention to. Uh, I really do. I think, you know, everyone knows about Justin Rogers. He has high expectations this year. But Jason Jones and and Emba are like the two treetops. Yeah. Six, six, 300 plus pounds. Like They're huge. Dudes, you know? so, <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a big front D line, which helps out what? Our secondary. Yeah. Secondary is led by DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett, two seniors that decided to come back for their senior year. And I think which was the right decision because both of them could use an extra year. Mm-hmm. And, but they have young guys behind them that are studs. You know, Keontae is a hybrid guy. Donovan Kaufman is still there. You still got Kyan Lee. Kyan Lee's a guy that transferred over, not transferred, the guy that we flipped from Ohio State to Auburn. And he's yeah. there and he's been making a lot of noise early on here in the in spring ball. And you talk about that. JD Rim didn't even practice this spring because he's injured. Right. He was highly touted a year ago coming into Auburn. So our young guys have got some really good seniors in front of them to learn from, but they're going to be a really, really good group for the next couple of years. And Jalen Simpson moving to that safety position from corner you know, gives mm-hmm. us someone that understands and some veteran presence back there. There is such a, an experience level on this defense and where the offense seems like there's so many question marks and, and a lot of moving pieces and heck potentially pieces that have yet to be added. I, I think this defense is, is in a really good situation, especially in Ron's system. So very exciting to continue to get closer to season. Obviously, spring is now behind us, the first spring under head coach Hugh Freeze. And now they will uh, take a, a bit of a breather until they get into summer workouts. Hugh said from here, they kind of turn them over to the strength and conditioning, make sure that it's it's about physicality. It's about being ready for you know what's about to come at you in fall camp. But as always, news never stops, and we will continue to hear updates. The transfer portal will open on Saturday and be open for a couple of weeks. And we won't be surprised if a couple more names are added to this roster, especially given what Hugh Freeze has already been able to do in the portal. He clearly has a way with it. But I did pull a couple places that have a current, quote, quarterback battle just for guys to keep an eye on. The top one that comes up is obviously Georgia. You've got Carson Beck, who was... Stetson Bennett's backup last year. You've got Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton. They've got three guys that they are evaluating right now. Obviously, Beck being the guy that has the familiarity and the experience as Stetson's backup, but those three are, are definite potentials. Nebraska has Casey Thompson versus Jeff Sims, who is actually a transfer from Georgia Tech, but it could happen that he enters the portal yet again and and decides not to stay uh, with Coach Rule in the new Nebraska era. Both are looking for one final strong year before a potential pursuit of the draft, so I think either one of those guys 
would definitely consider the portal, whether or not, because look, I think when you've got a two-way battle, it's a different thing than when you've got a multi-guy battle, because the reality is a quarterback is, you know, you, you need a stout backup. And so just because you're two on the depth chart doesn't mean you're going to, you're not going to get ample playing time. Georgia, I mean, they're looking at three guys, UCLA also, they've got Ethan Garbers who transferred from Washington after the 2020 season. Obviously they've had DTR for five years. Dante Moore is a true freshman for them. And then Colin Schley is a transfer from Kent State. So they've also got three guys. Ethan Garbers has been there since 2020 and really hasn't had any prominent playing time. So he could definitely be one that that hits the portal again. And then Ohio State with C.J. Stroud declaring for the draft has Devin Brown and Kyle McCord. I, th- I think a lot of people expect that the results of that one will end up in a portal um, situation as well. So all of those are ones to keep an eye on. But, hey, you never know. Hey, you're right. You never know. Uh, the reason you never know is because it's the transfer portal. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you and you got to be ready to move quickly. And the thing about it is high school recruiting, you get a chance to build relationships with the kids that you're recruiting. Yeah. So whoever you're bringing in, you kind of have an understanding of who you're who, who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, transfer portal, you don't get that. You don't get that luxury. Like if a kid puts his name in a portal tomorrow, the very first day on the 15th, you got to be already watching film and say, hey, are we going after this kid or not? Right. Because it's got to happen like that. And uh, you're not going to know a lot of them personality and character. You're watching your roster right now, looking at it and saying, hey, what are our needs? What do we have to have to feel like we need to compete next year to win the West and try to get to the SEC championship game? Right. And that's what you're looking at in the transfer portal. So it's going to be, uh, these next two weeks going to be a whirlwind. It's already taking place in basketball. We've already got a Six four guard. We talked mm-hmm. about guards there, so we've already got that. So we'll see how it transition in football for us over the next two weeks. But it's going to be a lot to talk about because things are just going to heat up because everyone's spring game hasn't been played yet. I know, golly, that is going to be so difficult for the the people that have their spring game in the middle of that portal window. Uh, again, I said it last week. I know Hugh Freeze didn't want to do spring this early, but now you have a week to kind of evaluate what you've got potentially prepare for what you're going to look for and then dive into this thing and have ample time to work with them once you've added what you know you're going to add. So yeah, plenty of plenty of things to talk about, especially next week once the portal opens. Um, we also have the draft coming up at the end of April. So we're going to give our predictions for that and expectations for guys that will be pursuing the next level, April 27th through 29th, I believe. So plenty to talk about. A little housekeeping announcement, though. This is going to be our only episode for this week. If you're new and you hadn't heard, we are now doing two episodes a week, shorter format, twice a week. Uh, it just makes more sense, once, especially once we get into season. We are also doing YouTube. If you are used to listening as a podcast and you would prefer to watch, you can find us on Believe's YouTube channel. Um, but this week, some travel differences, and we couldn't make it work. So this is going to be our only episode for the week. Hope it will suffice and hold you over until we come back next week and we will be back to our two-a-week format. So hang with us. Make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already, you can get a notification every time we release an episode. You can also ring the bell, give a thumbs up on YouTube if you are now a viewer. We appreciate all of our listeners so much. Make sure you share us, follow us on Instagram, You know, hit us up if you have any requests or specific things you'd like us to talk about. And we will come back next week to talk about whatever chaos ensues between now and then. So we hope you join us. Jay, always a pleasure. War Eagle. War Eagle. Stay tuned, everybody.
Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.